Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, James Collins opens the radio vault and we get an inside look at some brand new resources. Watchmen on the Wall has been broadcasting on the radio since 1933, proclaiming God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. After almost 90 years, we're still bringing clarity to the chaos. We're able to do this because of your prayers and financial support. Today, I want to ask you to prayerfully consider becoming a faithful friend of Watchmen on the Wall. Faithful friends are individuals and families who come alongside Watchmen on the Wall with a monthly financial gift. Whether it's $10 or $100 per month, it all goes to help the ministry continue to proclaim the truth. Call 1-800-652-1144 and find out the benefits of becoming a faithful friend today. 1-800-652-1144. Staff Evangelist James Collins has the radio vault open and is ready to share some timeless teaching from the books of 1st and 2nd Timothy. 1st and 2nd Timothy are among the most practical and personal books in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul wrote these two letters to instruct and encourage his faithful son of the faith, Timothy, who was in the trenches of the gospel ministry. 1st and 2nd Timothy are often called pastoral epistles, but they are relevant for all believers, not just pastors. They address numerous important topics, including the difference between true and false teaching, the stunning truth that Jesus came to save sinners, the need for proper conduct and order in the church, the qualifications and responsibilities of church leaders, the goodness of God's creation, the dangers of pride and the love of money, and the call to endure suffering by God's power. So you see, the letters to Timothy are very, very relevant for believers today. Back in 1990, the former host of this program, Dr. Noah Hutchings, wrote a commentary on 1st and 2nd Timothy. The book was titled Studies in Timothy, and when it was released, it became an instant bestseller. Recently, Beacon Street Press released a new edition of Studies in Timothy. Today on The Watchman on the Wall, we're going to spotlight Studies in Timothy. Today on The Watchman on the Wall, we're going to spotlight this important book. In 1990, with the publication of Studies in Timothy, Noah Hutchings was interviewed on this program. Today, we're going to dig back into our radio vault and listen to portions of that interview. Let's listen now as Noah gives some background information on the books of First and Second Timothy. Of course, there were three pastoral epistles, and these include not only First Timothy and Second Timothy, but also Titus. Now, this particular classification is given to these books due to the fact that they contain instructions for church government and an orderly execution of the Lord's work. And this is so very, very important. Now, Paul's first epistle to Timothy is really not considered one of the prison epistles because there is no indication found within the epistle that Paul was in prison or under legal restraint by the Roman government. This could have been written immediately before his first arrest. It is believed that Paul was released from prison in A.D. 63 
and that he actually returned to Macedonia and Asia Minor because he later commented that all in Asia have turned against us. Now, he revisited the churches of Philippi, Ephesus, and Galatia, and possibly he could have even gone back to Jerusalem, and it could have been that that's where he was arrested again. His second arrest occurred in A.D. 67. It was after his second imprisonment that he wrote his second letter to Timothy. When asked why he wrote a commentary on Paul's letter to Timothy, Noah Hutchings said that it was because there was so much doctrine in these epistles and apostasy in the modern church was increasing because the doctrine in First and Second Timothy was being ignored. The first epistle of Paul to Timothy is important to Christian faith and service because it contains important guidelines which, when adhered to, will keep the churches on the missionary road God intended, the preaching of the gospel for the salvation of souls. When churches depart from these guidelines, then they fall prey to satanic infiltration and are bent by the winds of every false doctrine that comes along. And we see so many cults and churches today that are off on wild doctrinal goose chases. But the reason churches are in the apostate and materialistic condition they are in today is because they have not remained faithful to the ordinance for church government contained in the pastoral epistle. Dr. Hutchings went on to say that Paul wrote to Timothy to help clarify the clear difference between the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of grace. Paul here was apprehensive of law keepers frustrating the gospel of grace, which he preached among the Gentiles. Now, the churches of Asia Minor were particularly susceptible to those who would come down from Israel preaching the law of Moses for righteousness. This was a continually delicate matter between Paul and the Jerusalem assembly. Now, the church at Jerusalem remained Jewish and kingdom age in their ministry, at least until the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. And when Paul returned to Jerusalem, James met him with these words in Acts chapter 21, verse 20. And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord and said unto him, Thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe, and they are all zealous of the law. Now, members of the Jerusalem assembly often went into Asia Minor, and when they would present themselves at a Gentile church, they would be welcomed wholeheartedly and given a hearing, naturally. Anytime we meet with believers from Israel today, certainly we're glad to give them the right hand of fellowship. And this was the way it was in that day, even more so. And invariably, they would teach the law of Moses for righteousness. I don't say they all did, but it would appear that most of them did. And these are the ones of whom Paul spoke in Galatians chapter 1, verse 8. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Now, Paul had good reasons for being fearful of those members of the Jewish church who attempted to mix the gospel of the kingdom with the gospel of grace. We read in Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, 
O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministered to you the Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Noah continued his discussion of the difference between the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of grace by reminding his listeners that the apostle Paul loved the law, but not at the expense of grace. Paul continues to explain that he has nothing against the law if the law is kept in its proper place or perspective. But the place of the law is not in condemning an innocent man. We read in Romans chapter 5, verses 1, and then 8 through 9, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But God commandeth his love towards us, in that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. To be justified means to be found innocent or guiltless before the law. Christians are innocent before the law because Christ died and shed his blood for the guilt of those who would believe on his name. Paul said the law is for the lawless, for those out there in the world who are not saved. It is not for the saved or those who are found innocent before God to the shed blood of Jesus Christ who died for us. Suppose a police officer would approach a man on the street, open up the statute books, and say unto him, I see here we have on the books a law against murder. Therefore, I am going to charge you with murder. The man would then protest his innocence to the officer, and the officer would reply, Well, if you are innocent of murder, then you can go to court and try to prove you never killed anyone. The officer would then continue to charge some with armed robbery, others with theft, prostitution, and so on. You would protest that this officer was using the law unlawfully. And this is exactly what Paul says here in 1 Timothy. When you attempt to charge Christians under the commandments of the law, you are using the law illegally because you are accusing someone who has already been justified before the law. Paul declared in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Christ has already been accused, tried, convicted, and executed for the sins of Christians. He was cut off, not for anything that he did, he was cut off for what we do. Therefore, when a Christian is condemned by the law, he is placed in double jeopardy. This would be an attempt to try him twice for the same crime. I'm James Collins, and you are listening to a special episode of The Watchman on the Wall, where we are spotlighting the release of Dr. Noah Hutchings' book, Studies in Timothy. 
Originally released in 1990, Studies in Timothy was one of Noah's most popular books. Beacon Street Press has just released a brand new edition of the book, and you can order a copy now by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order Studies in Timothy online at swrc.com. Let's journey back to 1990 and listen again as Noah Hutchings gives more background on the Apostle Paul and explains what it means to be a fruit inspector. The scriptures say that we're not to judge, but it doesn't say we can't be fruit inspectors. So Paul admonished Timothy, the bishop at Ephesus, to be on guard against all who would contradict the glorious gospel of God's sovereign grace. Now, the gospel of grace was committed to Paul's trust, and Paul guarded it jealously against all who would attempt to distort it or frustrate it with other doctrines, especially the doctrines of works. Grace is mentioned ten times more in the Pauline epistles and Acts in conjunction with Paul's ministry than it is mentioned in the other 53 books of the Bible. Now we read in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 14, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy, because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. In all Israel there was no stronger opponent of the Lord Jesus Christ and his disciples than Saul of Tarsus. Paul says that he was a Hebrew among the Hebrews, meaning that there was no more fanatical advocate of historic Judaism than he. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13, Paul states that he was a blasphemer against Christ. He cursed Christ and the disciples and called them every vile name he could think of. We also read that he, as a young member of the Sanhedrin, and an astute law graduate of the Jerusalem Law School was appointed the prosecutor of the church at Jerusalem. He was the attorney general of Israel. He was the prosecutor. He was given the job to go out and stamp out this band of Christians, this new religion. Now we read in Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, And Saul was consenting unto his death, meaning Stephen, and at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentations over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. In his book, Studies in Timothy, Noah Hutchings addressed the subject of church discipline. Once again, here is Noah with more. We continue and read in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them might swore a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwrecked, of whom is Hymenius and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. 
Now take note that Paul reminds Timothy of the prophecies which went on before him. The meaning of this statement is explained in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 11 through 14. These things command and teach, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversations, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Now, we come to another rather perplexing statement made by Paul in verse 20. He said he delivered to Satan two pastors who had disputed and taught contrary to the gospel. Now, we have to determine just what is involved in turning a blasphemer, especially those in high authority, over to Satan. Now, this action not only concerns blasphemers, but those who would bring discredit upon other Christians through shameful personal conduct. Now, Paul stated in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2, I told you before and foretell you, as if I were present the second time, and being absent now, I write to them which heretofore have sinned, and to all others that, if I come again, I will not spare. Now, more light is set on this subject by Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, where we read, It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and ye are puffed up, and have not rather mourned that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you, to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. It is evident that when Paul wrote to Timothy that the two apostates were delivered to Satan for blasphemy, he meant they were officially disassociated from the church, or as some call it, excommunicated. Now, as Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 16 through 18, if they were left in the church, this would indicate either a tolerance or an acceptance of their apostasy or any other gross sin, and they would not only continue in their apostate teaching, but they would increase unto more ungodliness. Of course, we know Paul taught, too, that if a brother be taken in a fall, we are to minister to him and try to lift him up and encourage him and restore him. But if there is absolutely a rejection and a continuance in that blasphemous sin, then they should be dismissed from fellowship. In the New Testament, there are many examples of women in ministry. However, there is not one example of a woman who was the pastor of a church. Let's listen again as Noah Hutchings takes on this very controversial topic. We also read in 1 Timothy 2.12, I suffer not a woman to teach, nor do usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. I think that with such scriptures as these, it is well for us to consider the language of the Greek text. And I quote Dr. Kenneth Wiest, who was a teacher of the Greek at Moody Bible Institute for many years. And this is what Dr. Wiest has to say. The kind of teacher Paul had in mind is spoken of in Acts 13, 1, 1 Corinthians 12, 28, 29, and Ephesians 4, 11. God called and God equipped teachers, recognized by the church, as these having authority in the church in matters of doctrine and interpretation. 
This prohibition of a woman to be a teacher does not include the teaching of classes of women, girls, or children in Sunday school, for instance, but does prohibit the woman from being a pastor or a doctrine teacher in a school. The expression usurp authority, Vincent says, is not a correct interpretation of the Greek word. It is rather to exercise dominion over In the sphere of doctrinal disputes or questions of interpretation where authoritative pronouncements are to be made, the woman is to keep silent. Some people claim that Christianity holds women back. However, that is not the case. Listen now as Noah Hutchings ponders how different the world would be for women if Christ had never come. But let us not forget that it was Christ who delivered a woman from the eternal bondage of sin, for he was the truly great liberator of men and women alike. And you go to some of the other religions or other nations like India or Saudi Arabia, Christianity is actually the liberator of women. They respect women more than all other religions. In the December 1968 edition of the Gospel Truth, that was many years ago, we inserted an article concerning what the coming of Christ meant to the woman. And I think it would be well for us to read it again. Quote, It was a cruel world into which Christ was born. Grim Herod waiting to destroy the newborn king is a picture of the attitude of the early world towards childhood and motherhood. The difference Christ has made in the world by his coming could not be better expressed than in a fragment of a letter written on June the 17th, 1 B.C., by Hilarion to his wife Alice concerning his own child about to be born. The letter of this Roman to his wife reads, Hilarion to Alice, many greetings. Be not distressed if at the general coming in I remain at Alexandria. I pray thee and beseech thee take care of the little child, and as soon as we receive wages, I will send them to thee. If it be a male baby, let it live. If it be a female, expose it. Quote. Now, the Greek word here for expose means to cast out, actually to cut off or kill. And this is the difference between the world with and without Christ. But we see this over again today in China, where the female babies are being killed. The same condition. It seems that history never changed. Men never learn. A few years ago, a group of distinguished historians amused themselves by writing a book called F or History Rewritten. Some of the Fs discussed were if Lee had not lost the Battle of Gettysburg, if Booth had missed Lincoln, if Napoleon had escaped to America. However, the greatest F in all the world, what if Christ had not come? You have been listening to a special edition of The Watchman on the Wall featuring the former host of this program, Dr. Noah Hutchings. We have been spotlighting the re-release of Noah's classic book, Studies in Timothy. We will continue looking at this excellent commentary on Paul's letters to Timothy next time. This is James Collins leaving you with the words that Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We'll have more studies in Timothy with Noah Hutchings and James Collins next time. Noah Hutchings' classic book, Studies in Timothy, is back. 
Inside this book, you'll find teachings on 1st and 2nd Timothy. The epistles of Paul to Timothy are important to Christian faith and service because they contain important guidelines, which, when adhered to, will keep the churches on the missionary road God intended, the preaching of the gospel for the salvation of souls. When churches depart from these guidelines, then they fall prey to satanic infiltration and are bent by the winds of false doctrine. Order Noah Hutchings' classic, Studies in Timothy, when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. I want to spend a few moments telling you about two brand new resources we have right here at Watchmen on the Wall. First is Michael Hoggard's brand new DVD, Alien Disclosure Delusion. This DVD contains over four hours of Bible teaching from Michael Hoggard. In this DVD, Mike Hoggard answers, is there evidence that aliens have visited Earth? Does the United States government have evidence of extraterrestrials? Will disclosure happen soon? Find out the answer to these and many more questions when you order Alien Disclosure Delusion by Mike Hoggard. Call 1-800-652-1144 and order Alien Disclosure Delusion today. That's 1-800-652-1144 or you can order online swrc.com. The next resource that's brand new here at the ministry is the book entitled The Armageddon Syndrome by J.R. Church. This book is back in print for the first time in 40 years. What does the future hold? Is there hope at all? This book sheds light on the darkening political maze facing our world in the near future and reveals the electrifying remedy prescribed for the Armageddon Syndrome. With a new foreword written by James Collins, the Armageddon Syndrome includes topics such as setting the stage, the Jews' return, the Russians, four horsemen plague the earth, and inevitable Armageddon. Included in this updated edition of the Armageddon Syndrome are J.R. Church's prophetic perspectives on the High Holy Days. Call 1-800-652-1144 and order The Armageddon Syndrome by J.R. Church. 1-800-652-1144 or order online swrc.com. There are new books and DVDs being released by Watchmen on the Wall. New DVDs from Terry James, Chuck Missler, and Rob Linstead. Make sure you're getting the latest releases. Ask to be put on the free mailing list when you call 1-800-652-1144. And as always, when you purchase a book or DVD, you are supporting Watchmen on the Wall. Thank you. We recently shared the good news of Southwest Radio Ministries and Prophecy in the News joining in a special gospel partnership that includes bringing back the Prophecy in the News magazine. The very first issue is going to be in mailboxes in the next few days. Don't be left out. Subscribe to the Prophecy in the News magazine today. With your subscription, you get a print and digital version and access to our online streaming platform, FaithNet TV. 
Call today and subscribe to the Prophecy in the News magazine. Call 1-800-652-1144 or go to our website, swrc.com. Tomorrow, Noah Hutchings will continue his studies in Timothy. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners just like you. Visit swrc.com.